This recording is brought to you by Whitworth University. To hear additional programs, please visit www.whitworth.edu backslash podcast. Uh, today's visit possible. So for those of you that don't know, um, Hugh and Victor actually spent time with our diversity cabinet. Um, they spent time with staff and faculty and then spent, uh, spent some time with student leaders here on campus. So um, uh, I'd like to give a shout out to ASWU and the cultural events uh, coordinator, uh, Kamina. So, <laughs> to the US, uh, US Cultural Studies um, Department here on campus. Let's give them a round of applause. <laughs> to uh, Whitworth University speakers and artists. and to the Office of Student Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. All right. And, and personal shout outs to um, uh, Sean Washington, Lulu Gonzalez, uh, the, uh, our, our student staff, and um, one person that um, so much of what we, what we were able to accomplish, uh, the work that was done behind the scenes, um, Adam Fout. So let's give Adam a round of applause. So, um, as much as I'm sure that you love hearing my voice, you all didn't come here to see me. Um, so I would like to introduce two, uh, I would say two brothers um, in this work that have been going around the country uh, to, to work with individuals and organizations as to how we can improve this world. So um, you're going to hear from them. They're going to share stories. They're going to uh, give us tips. They're also going to ask us to engage because something that um, was, we were very clear on when we invited them to Whitworth is that we can't ask them to come in to Whitworth or to Spokane to do the work for us, right? It is our work that, that we need to lean into and that we need to engage in if we want Whitworth and Spokane to be at a, a better place. Y'all with me on that? Mm -hmm. no? All right, so let's give it up for uh, Hugh Vasquez and Victor Lee Lewis. <laughs> what I'm gonna do. Good evening, brothers, sisters, and other siblings. My name is Victor Lee Lewis. Yes, other siblings. I am officially black and officially male, but I identify as a gender nonconforming person who is multiracial. It is um, my reality experientially. I am one of those people who believes that every single human being is a member of the same family, same immediate family, same immediate dysfunctional family. And all the killing and all the suffering that human beings gratuitously heap on one another is family business. But instead of sweeping it under the rug or keeping it in the closet, as family business is often dealt with, I hope that we can actually talk about our family business as family and to have that be our, our purpose and frame for tonight. I would add that the goal, there are many ways to think about um, learning, especially learning about things like race, racism, oppression, liberation, freedom, democracy. We can debate those things. I would like to 
call a moratorium on debate for the evening. Because there are other ways to learn besides debate. Better ways to learn. More dangerous and courageous ways to learn. Such as collaboration, such as inquiry and curiosity, such as engaging in a process of discovery, not assuming that we know every damn thing already. I'm one of those people that has a tendency to think that I know every damn thing already. So the uh, process of discovery is something I'm always open to when all the other options have been exhausted. That was a joke. <laughs> I will have a few deadpan jokes throughout the evening. Uh, and you're invited to laugh if you catch on. There he goes again. <laughs> It's okay to, to uh, have feelings in here, to suffer. It's okay to have feelings in here, to have joy and a sense of solidarity. It's okay to be encouraged. It's, it's okay to uh, bring your love of life and your outrage and uh, disappointment at the destruction of life. But my hope is that when we come together, we will do so as if Everybody can win. I know it's a different paradigm than is uh, commonplace for the university, but I'd like to, to imagine, I'd like for us to imagine a win-win world. In fact, how about a win-win-win world? I can win, you can win, and they can win too, whoever they are. All right, so that's the, that, that's the frame I've proposed. Uh, we can fight tomorrow, but can we explore, engage curiously, and seek wisdom tonight? Is that all right? Let, uh, raise your hand if that would be okay. Okay. Now, one of the things that might mean is that instead of expecting a risk to be taken by somebody else, you take that risk yourself. Uh, and one of that... Uh, things that might mean instead of challenging somebody else, you might challenge yourself or open yourself to be challenged by the conversation itself. All right? All right. I'm going to uh, turn it over to you. Well, good evening to all of you. It's not rhetorical. You can respond. <laughs> Glad that you're here. Glad that we're here. With you, We got to meet with a number of people, a number of groups today, uh, and it's been a, a really great, great time. Thank you again, David. Give it up for David for all the work that he's done. He's, he's what leadership is about. Um, I'm sure there are others in the, in the room, but I know that David is one who is going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing until we actually have social justice in this world. I know that you'll do that. I hope you do it sooner than later, though, because I don't have that much more time, but I want you to hurry and do it. I keep thinking of a quote from um, Martin Luther King Jr. It's been in my mind over, and I almost wake up with it in my mind because I'm out in the world where what he uh, aspired to in this quote is not actually happening in the way that I want to see it happen. It's, it's one of his quotes where he says, injustice... Anywhere. Anywhere. How's it go? 
is injustice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable web of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Mm -hmm. What affects one indirectly, what affects one directly, affects all indirectly. He's talking about we're linked together. Mm -hmm. Our fate is linked together. Mm -hmm. I'm working in a community called Battle Creek, Michigan, doing some work there with a community group. This is a town of 50,000 people, 52,000 people, that is very divided along race lines, black and white mostly, but they have a, a pretty sizable Latino population as well, and some Asian population in that town. But it's very divided. It's a, a town that small has four school districts, mm. which means that what happened was that the, the central district, the district that was in the central uh, uh, part of the city, began to lose kids because somebody else decided, we want our white kids to only be in a white school district, so they formed a school district right across the street from that one. And then another person did it. And then another one did it. So that now they have four school districts. Three of them are less than 2,000 children, mostly white kids. And they're draining through the voucher system by a, uh, a person in Michigan named Betsy DeVos, uh, who promoted the voucher system. Um, they have been draining the public school system in the central part of Battle Creek, which means who's left there are children and families who are either uninvited or can't move even across the street to go to the other districts. We worked with the superintendents there, all four of them. And what we heard is from, one, from three of the superintendents that are in the white districts, what we heard from them was this. Those children are not my children in that central school district. I'm taking care of my own. So we put out the Martin Luther King Jr. quote. And we said, read this quote and now talk about who's your own. They said, I'm still saying that those are mine and those are not mine. So there's this, this aspiration that we have in the work that we're doing that is unrealized. I thought it was more realized than it is, but it's not as realized as I thought, where I've noticed that people are having a harder and harder time believing that you and I are linked together. And I have to admit, over the past year through this election cycle, I have had some of those same thoughts. Am I linked with you, with the beliefs that you have? I'm, I'm, I've been challenged to think about my linked fate. And some of those people who are different than I am in their ideologies are my own family. Mm -hmm. So I'm starting to think, I don't think we're from the same family. I think you were adopted. Or I think you came, you know, somebody dropped you off, but you were not born here. Not true, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm really um, looking forward to having opportunities to look at how are we actually linked in our fate. And how do we move from a place of more polarization and division to actually getting it that what happens to you happens to me. And until we, if, until we get that, then we're going to continue with the struggle. So there are many who have already 
made lots of gains in linking faith. This is it. John Powell talks about uh, we have gone backwards in social justice and we've gone forward in social justice. We have made strides and we've fallen back. So I want to recognize that we have made strides. And we're going to try to build on that tonight as we work with you on this. How many of you have been engaged in a conversation with somebody who has a different set of beliefs, values than you do any time in the last, let's say, six months? Right? How many of you have been involved with conversations that had to do with race or racism? A lot of you mm -hmm. in here. All right. How many of you had that experience and said something like, sounds something like this, hope I never have to do that again? Now, some of you might say, I can't wait for the next time, because mm -hmm. that felt good. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? So we want to open, open to, to say we are wanting to have the kind of discussion that Victor mentioned that's not about argument and debate, but about inquiry and curiosity. And how we want to begin before we get into a part that shows some clips, we want to ask you to pair up with somebody. And we're going to give you a prompt with a partner. And you'll be going back and forth with this prompt. And then we'll see how that goes. And then we'll give you one more prompt. It's short. You're only going to have about two minutes, two and a half minutes with a partner to answer a prompt. And this is a way of us getting things going, uh, hopefully creating the type of learning community in this room where we can do some of the deep work that we need to do. So let me ask you, even though it's, let me ask you to turn to somebody. And if you don't, we're, we're trying to do partners here. If you need to go one row down or one row up or across the aisle or something like that, do that. But let me ask you to turn to a partner. If you're sitting up on the side or up at the top, please move on this one. It won't, it won't hurt and you won't be there long. Yeah, so here, here it is. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do a, a, a couple of minutes here. And here's the prompt. And this is, you, you, would, you would go back and forth, right? Um, it's kind of best to do it um, like you make, you make a statement, then your partner makes a statement, then you make another statement, then your partner, you see what I'm doing? You're going back and forth. And here's, it's a sentence completion. Here's what you do. A good thing about studying racism is, complete that sentence. So you complete that sentence by completing the sentence. You don't say a dissertation, you don't say a report, you do a sentence. Good thing about studying racism is I get to know what other people think. Boom, I pass it off to my partner. My partner then says, well, a good thing about studying racism is blah, 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 passes it back to me. I say another one. Another good thing about studying racism is blah, 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 blah. Got it? So you're going to go back and forth, one sentence each time, back and forth, for about two and a half minutes. Let's see how many times you can repeat that sentence over two and a half minutes. You ready? All right. <laughs> Somebody start and just keep it going, back and forth. Last thought, that last completion, and bring it to a close. All right, so you know what's next, right? I want to hear from some of you. What did you say? A good thing, and I want to ask you to repeat the whole sentence. A good thing about studying racism is what? Let's hear from somebody, from a couple of you. What'd you say? Get appreciation for who we are individually by doing that. Okay, great. There was another hand here. Oh, uh, can you say it loud so they can hear in the back? Okay. Uh, the missing about this. Oh, you can learn how to break down the system 
so that other people can excel. That's a good thing, huh? Okay. What else? Good thing. Yeah, you can see what you don't see in your daily life when you study it, right? What else? Good thing. Keep it going. Ooh, understanding media representation. Uh-huh. You can do a whole thing on that, right? Let's try this, this section here. Somebody. Good thing. What'd you talk about? You get to report it in class the next day, you know. I said dot, dot, dot. It helps to explain America's past. Uh, what's good about that? Yeah? Yeah, okay. It might, it might also stop us from doing it again, right? All right, let's pick one from over here. Good thing. A couple from over there. That's a whole quiet part of the room. And let's just um, pretend, imagine and pretend nobody's going to get hurt today. Not that you won't feel some discomfort, but that this is a, an awesome opportunity to practice uh, courage and generosity. From this what's is not good, the hardest conversation we're ever going to have. About a good thing in studying racism. I see a hand in the back. Yeah. Where? Oh, over there. Yeah. A lot of people believe today that it's a thing of the past. So studying it shows what? So when you study it, it shows what? Yeah, like, no, not, not so fast, right? Right now, this side of room. Somebody from the third one. row, right, from the back. That's one of four people. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. The last row. Yeah. Somebody from there. No, I prefer in, uh, uh, a critical or intellectual perspective rather than academic, because there's a lot of scholarship that happens outside of academia. Is that fair to say? Yeah, in fact, most of the deep thinking about this issue uh, came from the streets in the trenches, and uh, was reflected upon in, in the academy. How about that? Academy is a great place to learn, not the only. Yeah. And uh, even though there are many compelling reasons to take this subject up and to explore it deeply, to suck the marrow of uh, wisdom out of the uh, bones of uh, deep inquiry, it can be hard and scary too, is that right? If you have felt reluctant to approach this topic because you have seen or directly experienced negative consequences from the attempt to go there, raise your hand with the elbow straight like a half under arrest. Like you really know. Thank you. That's right, almost everybody. Uh, so my experience in Hughes has been that uh, one way of maximizing the power and benefit of the conversation is to acknowledge that there are things about it that make it uh, scary and difficult to approach. And it's best to have the conversation about having the conversation before we have the conversation. Let me say why this conversation might be hard or scary to have. And once you get that on the table, you will recognize your fears and the fears of your neighbors, your friends, your enemies, uh, and they will seem remarkably similar. So I want to give you a chance with your, the same uh, two or three people that you were with before, but gather yourselves up with another pair or three and have the same kind of back and forth but a more of a round-robin conversation like this. A harder, scary thing about talking about, a harder, scary thing about studying racism is then next neighbor. A harder, scary thing about studying racism is next neighbor. Harder, scary thing about studying just get it out. 
Just name it. You don't have to explain it all, but give the headline, the bullet point. Just lay it out so we um, can hold those fears and concerns together. So make the, make the clumps so that it looks like you're obviously committed to a particular larger conversation group. If you are alone or impaired, please scoot yourself into physical proximity with another pair of two or three people. Just about three minutes. A harder, scary thing about studying racism is? Okay. Let's return our hearts and minds to a single group focus so we can have one conversation. And let's name the fears, the stumbling blocks and concerns that you've experienced or encountered, imagine, uh, that make it harder scary to take up the topic, to study for the sake of wisdom, race, race relations, oppression, liberation, freedom, democracy. What comes up? A brave volunteer to start who hasn't spoken out at all in this group. Yes. Your name first? Thank you, Catherine. Go ahead. People don't always believe people's lived experience. Thank you. Uh, let's hear from five or six more people. Yes. The hardest scary thing about studying racism is just really depressing. Right? Resonating? Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. It's depressing. It, it totally sucks. Your name? I, the hardest scary thing about studying racism, I have to recognize my own guilt. Brittany has left the building. Ouch. Uh, how many people have seen or felt or heard that one? Yes. How many people have attended a, uh, a holiday meal and heard something that you would not want to admit unless you were really mad? Almost everybody, yeah. So let's hear from some more people on the topic. Hardest scary thing about studying racism? Yes. Hardest scary thing about studying racism is realizing that people that you should trust, that is, or uh, that you should trust or should be able to trust, uh, are actually contributing to the problem or power are perpetuating in their own ways. Whether it be through explicit bias, which is somewhat rare, to implicit bias, which is almost universal. And um, no speeches for me. Stop, Victor. Uh, yes, H hardest scary thing about studying racism. You. Uh, my friend, you had a really good one. Uh, to own it is yours if you, you want to, to, to be in the room. Plagiarize. No, claim that you wrote. No, this is yours. Imagine and pretend. You can still say it. Oh, this was a deep yours. thing that somebody else said that's kind of edgy, but it's good. But she said it. Bring it, bring it. Right. Yeah. We find new ways to reinscribe white supremacy every day. <laughs> Hard to scare thing. It will or it could. Yeah, but not necessarily in the same way. Because we can walk out of here and, uh, and start kicking booty and taking names. How about that? <laughs> you, might, you might leave inspired and on fire, ready to make something happen, whether anybody else is up to it or not. You can decide for, the, for all the rest of us. This will not stand. We will be one nation under God and indivisible and all of that stuff. It could happen, but only through the, the choice of uh, the first person singular and all their comrades and allies. Any fears and concerns, uh, stumbling blocks that you're sitting with now that 
it just has got to be said because uh, it probably, it might speak for at least one other person in the room. Yes, yeah. Raise your hand if you resemble that remark. Just a few of us, see. That's the, uh, that's the power of uh, collective learning and I dare say of the minority voice. So if you're sitting in your chair going, hmm, what I'm thinking and feeling and going through is not something that I've heard from anybody else, it could be your voice that moves the wisdom of this entire group forward. So I would like to hear from two shy people before we switch gears. The one who was thinking, I might be able to get out of here without saying anything, but I could learn a lot if I just stay until it's over. Would you speak now? Come on. Okay, if you're next to that person, why don't you go ahead? I'm sorry, I missed it. Uh, you said something about microaggressions and blatant racism. All right, uh, uh, anybody confused or questioning, wondering what a microaggression is? Do you have an idea? It's like a, a teeny tiny aggression. It might be uh, 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 one form of microaggression uh, um, where there is a hugely predominantly white population, like Spokane, <laughs> um, and uh, when where many good, loving, caring, decent, and moral uh, white people with implicit, not explicit, but implicit bias, including fears and concerns and confusions about uh, people of color, their history, their temperament, their natures, our natures, and so forth, that if I am harboring implicit bias about uh, an other group of people, uh, when I encounter somebody that I think um, meets that um, profile or that demographic, for about one-fifth of a second, as I uh, encounter them, I'm liable to, uh, to do something like this. And by a quarter of a second, I'm going to feel some internal cognitive dissonance. And then I will start to go like this. And that is a form of um, microaggression that the perpetrator will not see themselves doing. And if you uh, confront them on it, they'll swear that they didn't. They'll be mad at you. And they'll feel guilty and defensive. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? That's just completely not right. I wasn't raised that way, but guess what? Implicit bias isn't about how you were raised. It's about what you uh, believe on a deep level despite being raised really, really well. And the thing about that implicit bias, when that grimace comes and then it disappears behind a smile, it still cuts deep. And the person who got cut may not consciously recognize the grimace, but they will feel the stab. That's, that's microaggression. And I've, uh, I've, I've, I've seen it somewhat frequently. But let's start with, um, I want to shift gears now to take in this um, beautiful film that uh, Hugh and I participated in in 1993. And I just want to acknowledge that uh, uh, very recently, we, for the first time now, and not for the last, we have uh, lost a member of the cast, uh, Roberto Almanzan. Uh, died several weeks ago, and uh, Hugh had a, the opportunity to uh, attend his memorial, so he may have some words to, to share with you about uh, Roberto before we end, and you'll get to see him in action uh, changing the world. 
in the next few minutes. I want to start with a clip called American, and I want to invite you to uh, note how people of different backgrounds, histories, and experience will construe the meaning of American in different ways. First, the um, prevailing sentiment. Due to technical difficulties, recording was interrupted at this point of the presentation. We will now rejoin the event in progress. So do you see anything like this, what, David, what you saw from David just now happening today, anywhere? And if so, oh, just a few. <laughs> give, give some examples. How is it happening today? I want you to understand that we had only been together for maybe an hour or hour and a half at this moment. Uh, we didn't even know each other's names. In fact, a little bit later on, I think Victor turned to David and said, I want to ask you something, but what's your name again? So this is what happens when people of color are trying to not explode when something is being said that makes them want to explode, right? We start creasing our pants, we start messing with ourselves, you know. It's like that's, that's kind of a, a typical thing that, that we think happens. All right, so we're gonna, we're gonna move on. I, we're gonna watch a clip, uh, it's number seven up there. This is Roberto. Roberto is our brother who died uh, about a month ago. Brilliant, brilliant man who offered a tremendous amount to the film and then for 20 some years after the film. I want, to watch, I want you to watch what he's doing here uh, in, in the spirit of what are we facing with what he's saying today. How is what he is saying relevant to you today and what you see around us today? All right, so take a look. Recording was stopped at this point while a multimedia presentation was delivered. We will now rejoin the event in progress. We are in a, to me, we are in a time where othering is increasing, meaning that we're seeing others as others. We're seeing groups and people as others in a heightened way. That's the othering part. He, Roberto was talking about belonging. We are part of this. We are. But it's not like you think. It's not like you think we are. It's not like like I play, it's not like I live, it's not like I emote, right, as he was saying. What else, what else comes to mind about current day with his, with what Roberto was saying? Yeah, so yeah. another, uh, yet another symbol of othering, the wall, right? The, the, the wall is not actually about what it's being said it's about, right? And it's actually not going to work to keep anybody out anyway. You've seen the videos of the tunnels? So go ahead, build it higher, right? But the point is, is that it actually is very, uh, more than symbolic about othering. More about othering. So I, I see Roberto's words here and his emotions. And by the way, he was the first one to get emotional mm -hmm. when we were making the film. A lot of people think Victor was he wasn't the first planning one to, get to. emotion. Emotional, and he wasn't planning to. When he, when he got emotional, what did he say? I don't know where that came from. I was sitting next to him, and I was going, I know I where do. that came from. <laughs> I know exactly where that came from, because I have that too, right? I know you were saying the same thing across the, across the room. I know where that came from, right? How many people in this room had that same thought? I know where it came from. 
I do. Yeah. <laughs> Just a few. Because, because it's still happening today, isn't it? Yeah. We have people all around us that are like, well, I belong. That is a thing that is much, much, much worse today than it was in 1993. Uh, probably half of y'all weren't born yet, but it wasn't like this. In fact, I would have imagined it unthinkable. And, uh, and there are people trying to make it fashionable, make it normal. But uh, I think this is not normal. It's a beautiful thing. We should keep it that way. So we're going to move to the next one. And again, we want to just remind you that we're, we're using these clips as ways of looking at our learning for today and looking at how it's relevant today. Even though what we wore was kind of like embarrassing now. It was embarrassing then, actually. That, uh, I'm going to get tired. That, just the way Hugh was talking about. It gets, that's what gets tired. To have to keep talking about it and having your experience dismissed over and over. Is that true for any of you? Getting tired of talking about something? What are you getting tired of talking about? It's like illegal kids. Uh, uh, immigration uh, infractions are status, what they call status crimes. If, uh, if, if, you were, if you were born here, you could do the same thing and nothing, it wouldn't mean anything at all. It's not like who you are, is it? I love your culture, I just don't love you. That's, that's what cultural appropriation says. Let's look at the, pick the next one you want to you do. So uh, when, uh, when this, uh, again, when we were doing that particular, uh, when that particular scene there, um, we were attempting to try to interrupt a belief system that David was bringing to us, right? And we had attempted and attempted and attempted and attempted in many different ways by that time, right? I, I don't know if you could hear the cracking in my voice at one point. Uh, it was because that we had been at it for a while and things weren't happening, things weren't getting through, right? So that's something that I see going on even today, that we continue to push on something, we continue to try, and sometimes it's meeting uh, tremendous brick walls mm -hmm. and resistance, and, we, and, and yet, we know that we can't stop. Well, may, maybe we're just confused, Hugh, and uh, David can help us out here. Yes, you can. <laughs> so uh, he's standing back there because it's appropriate for him to stand back there right now. Um, if we listen to what's underneath what Victor just said, and if we listen to his affect as well as his words, what more do you hear than what you heard just with his words? What more do you hear? What might be going on for him that you don't know about? But now you have a little inkling, a little guess. It's okay to guess. Just take a guess. Somebody here? Oh, sorry. Bypass. Yeah. So you have permission to talk about him right now? Pretend he's not in the room. What Victor means is, you know, my question is, is more along those lines. Like uh, when you, when you uh, oftentimes when we hear something expressed, like what, how Victor expressed that, we don't hear past the anger. We don't hear past that. That's all we hear 
And then we walk away saying, well, he's a pretty angry man. Can't tell you how many times he's been referred to as that angry black man in the color of fear. The angry black man. Okay. The angry black man. Because the other black man, he was angry too. He just didn't come out like that. Right? So what is happening underneath? If you go look beyond the anger, what might have happened in his experience that you would say, oh, maybe that's why he's feeling that way? What might have happened? What might have to be true for you? Let's just hear a couple responses. Right, right. So when you've had daily experiences of being treated as inhuman, right, and you hear somebody say, well, we're all just humans, it might kind of get to you once in a while. Fair to say? Yeah. Okay, because of our time, we're gonna, there's two, we wanna make sure we end with at least these last two clips. And we wanna give a little time for you to have some uh, reflections, some comments, some talk to us about some of the learnings that you've had tonight. All right, but let's look at these last couple. Mm-hmm. Is that the 24 and 25? I'm going to go 23, 24, 25. All right. So what we would like you to do, we're going to be moving to a close. What we'd like you to do is just turn to somebody next to you and have a, a brief discussion about any insight or learning that has been sparked for you tonight. An insight or learning that has come to you tonight. It could be something that was related to some of the clips or related to our current day or related to yourself anything, insight or learning that happened for you tonight. So just take a few moments to talk to somebody next to you. We want to ask you to think about it as a new learning or a new insight. If you've known it for your entire life, don't say that one. Just say something new. Right? All right, turn to somebody. We're going to give you just two minutes, and then we'll hear from the whole group and close. All right, would you finish your thought? Take another 10 seconds, finish up. We want to... Uh, Ask your permission, those of you who have to leave right at 8.30, we'll say goodbye to you now and your blessings, but we want to stay an extra five minutes till 8.35 to, do, uh, to answer some questions for about five minutes and then to close it out with some of your learning. So we end that way. All right? Is that all right? If you have to leave, you have to leave, but if you can stay an extra five minutes, please do. So we want to uh, allow, we never know whether people have questions about anything... Well, their hands are going up, so I guess people do. Uh, so we'll take about five minutes for some questions related to, to anything about tonight. Let's start up there. Well, some of it is about making sure that you're connecting with other white people and that you are um, talking about what you are noticing around race and racism and noticing about your own identity, right? So it's really looking inside yourself first before you look outside yourself. Doing it with other white people is always a good thing. David, at the end of this process with this film, he talks about how his life changed. And it did, forever. But he also knew, because we kept telling him this, that if he isn't around other white people to keep working on the change, then he could go back into default mode, right? So it's about connecting with other white people, about getting clear about who you are, about your identity, and about waking up to what's going on around you. Those are a few things that I would say. 
I want to answer that in, one, in a couple small ways. Um, I would say about, most of the students here have lived through their entire junior high school and all of their high school with a black president. That's really, really different. And they are getting to contrast uh, brilliant, decent, thoughtful, measured, um, reflective, black leader with um, <laughs> his white successor. And uh, there were, uh, there are five of us who for a while reunited about every other year. And that's uh, uh, David, the white man David, Victor, myself, Yutaka, the Japanese-American man in there, and Lauren, the other African-American man in the film. Uh, sometimes Roberto joined us, but it was mostly the five of us. Um, it's now been um, about three years since that has happened. Um, so we, would, we were getting together about every other year um, to just see how we're doing. Uh, and uh, when did we last... Thinking about it, uh, it might have been 2014. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's Petaluma. it's not as often as uh, as we would like to have done. A lot of us wanted to do that. It's it's interesting how some of the uh, men in the cast, um, Gordon, who's also known as the other white man in the film. Um, I have not seen Gordon since the day the film ended. 20-some years ago. I think you might have seen him once. Once or twice. Or twice at a, at a conference. But how he disappeared there, he's disappeared here. It's, it's just very interesting how things have kind of rolled out. Yeah. So uh, when, we, when we do get together, it's, uh, it's, it's a phenomenal experience. I think a couple years ago at Encore, we had five or six of us that were there as a conference that we were at in San Francisco. I wouldn't recommend it if you're gonna completely lose your mind. Um, that wouldn't, your be a, wouldn't be a goal that I would have is to you know, go after that hardest one that's really gonna drive you crazy. Um, what I do say though is that um, you're gonna to have to work on creating your muscle and your ability to be curious before you can really do it well. In other words, you're going to have to be able to say, can you tell me more? Now, if you can't say, can you tell me more, and instead you just want to say, shut up, then that's not the time to do it. So there's, there's a need, there's a great need to be, to be developing your ability to go to that place of, what do you mean by that? Can you tell me? You saw that in the film, right? What do you mean by that? Well, let me tell you what I'm thinking. I mean, it's got to be a, a back and forth, right? Um, so that, I, would, I would say develop that curiosity or those skills to be curious without giving up yourself. Yeah. So, uh, another th uh, there are a couple kinds of questions you can ask. Um, there's a statement you can make, too, which is, uh, I really get that in your model of the world, X, Y, and Z seems true. That's 
uh, does one very important thing. It basically asserts uh, unequivocally that that's your worldview, that's not reality. Um, a question that you can ask if you care to know, or if you care to enough about the relationship, you should ask it with um, rapport and real warmth and curiosity if you can, but it also is a good fighting tool if you have to go there, which is to say, you know, X, Y, and Z stupid thing. Arr. How do you know? I'll just say quickly, I, I have uh, college friends that I get, to get, get together with on an annual basis. Once a year, these men that I met when I was 18 and lived in the dorm at Humboldt State University, we get together once a year. We're approaching year number 42 of doing that. Now, um, if I met two of the six today, I would never want to hang out with them. We have gone so far apart in our values and belief systems. So every time we are together, it, you know, I'm having to get ready for it, right? About what I'm going to hear and what I'm going to have to defend and how I'm going to argue and all this. So a couple years ago, I decided I wasn't going to debate. Mm -hmm. And what I said instead when Jeff said, well, you know that healthcare Obama stuff is full of crap and blah, blah. You know, when he went there, then I said, Jeff, you consider yourself smart, don't you? He says, of course. I said, yeah, I consider yourself smart too. Do you think that I'm smart? Yeah, you're smart. I said, then do you think the two of us can figure this out? Are you willing to engage with me to figure out how we're going to have healthcare for everybody in this country? You willing to do that, Jeff? He was like, but, uh, um, and then he said, sure, sure. And then we had some of the most amazing discussion after that. So I, I bring that as an example of get creative. Yeah. Do you want to have a real conversation or do you want to have a BS conversation? Shall we debate and we know how that's going to end? I'm not shifting my position. Maybe you're not shifting yours. Or we could have a dialogue. We could really engage and try to seek the truth together. You willing to do that? And if they're not, you don't have to play. Choose your battle. All right, so let's, let's move to a closing here. Uh, we just want to lift up just a few, two or three insights, new learnings that was sparked for you tonight. So holler it out. And then we will thank you and wish you well. We'll do that anyway, but we just want to ask you to holler out a couple. Insights, learnings. Uh, new insights, new learning, something you learned today that you didn't know when you came in, or you learned it a long time ago, forgotten, it all came back today. So say what you were going to say without the just. That's an, an answer for the, the, the white brother who asked, what can we do? Believe us. We're not making shit up. We're, we're, we're downplaying it, seriously. We're, we're going easy about it. All right. Okay, we've gone over time. We've, we've gone the time we contracted for. We're going to 840. Th thank you for that. And I uh, uh, want to really appreciate you for engaging with us tonight. It's a, a wonderful opportunity to be with you as we move along in this journey, too. And... Um, it's going to be interesting what happens next, wouldn't you say?
we'll see what happens next, like in the next hour and then the next three hours after that, and then we'll, we'll see what happens next. We'll keep going. And once again, give it up for David for uh, his, his leadership. Um, if there's anything you can do to keep him around. Do right? not lose this man. Uh, to keep him around, to be in positions that continue to help move these issues, then uh, support that in any way you can. This is the most um, powerful, insightful, diversity staff person I've met in the last 10 years. He's told, this happened when he was at uh, the last university, he told us how he prepared for that, I wanted to cry. He told us how he prepared for this, I wanted to cry again. I'm like, how did you get so deep? I didn't even teach you that stuff, didn't you just know it? They should keep you here, if, they're, if they can. Obviously Gonzaga couldn't. And now they're... Now they're trying to go back and do what they should have done to keep him, which is a good thing. And on that note, thank you. Thank you so much.